Well, good afternoon. I'm St. Cloud Mayor Dave Kleiss. This is the, the update. Uh, we changed the time a little bit today. We want to make sure, as, we, as I mentioned the first time we did this, uh, these things are very uh, rapidly changing. Uh, updates are different. Uh, the governor uh, announced a, a press conference today for two. Uh, we want to make sure we defer uh, to, the, to the Minnesota Department of Health. Uh, so we moved this back. Uh, we'll, we'll proceed again next week at 2 o'clock, unless you hear different. Uh, this will be daily, week daily. Uh, we will not have on the weekend unless it's necessary, uh, but this will be every day at 2 o'clock next week, 3 o'clock today, uh, to talk about uh, the city and our community uh, response to, to COVID-19, uh, the coronavirus. And I wanted to, uh, got some guests, and before I, I turn it over to some folks uh, here, I want to just update on a few things uh, that we have uh, some changes that we have in scheduling uh, going forward. Uh, the city council meeting that was scheduled to be Monday, this coming Monday, uh, will be postponed one week. So it will take place on the 30th uh, of March, as a Monday, just a week from Monday. Um, that will be uh, a meeting that will be on channel 181. Uh, it'll be streamed and it will be, uh, there'll be information, there'll be one public hearing and the public hearing will be different than in the past. Uh, we won't allow anyone in the building. Of course, we're, we're, we're practicing the social distancing as, as guidelines from the, from the CDC and the Minnesota Department of Health. Uh, so we will all, we'll still have an opportunity. It's very important that we still hear from the public. So the public hearing will take place. Uh, look for Thursday. When the agenda comes out, there'll be a phone number and an email address directly to give your comments on that public hearing. It's based on lift stations and water, um, so you'll have an opportunity to weigh in. You can do that uh, by phone. Uh, we'll transcribe that, get that to the council members well before the hearing, or you can do it by email. If you wanna do a video, you can email that to the council also. All of that will be, we'll have a cutoff of three o'clock on Monday. So when that is released on Thursday, if it continues to go forward, keep watching these updates, uh, that will be on, on Thursday when the agenda comes out. We'll have that information on the updates I do next week also, and you'll have an opportunity to weigh in on Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all day Monday up until about three o'clock so we can compile that and give the council plenty of opportunity to go through all of the correspondence uh, before they have the meeting at six o'clock. That will be a virtual meeting for the council also, um, also abiding by the guidelines of no more than 10. Uh, we wanna make sure with between 10, the council and staff that we do that in a proper manner. So I'll look for updates on that, uh, but it will not be on Monday. There's a transportation summit we planned on Tuesday night also. That has been postponed. I'll look for more information on that in the future, but that will not be taking place at City Hall this coming Tuesday. I wanna also mention yesterday, um, and this information oftentimes is very, very fluid. Um, discussed yesterday when we started, we had a discussion about the real ID. I just want to uh, make sure that people understand that um, that real ID is not suspended in Minnesota. Uh, that information, and, and we're, we're very uh, want to make it very clear uh, that was a request that the United or the Minnesota, not only Minnesota but all the states governors have given to the president to look at suspending that. It is still in place. Uh, however, there are a number of places that are no longer open, especially the deputy registrars in Stearns County. Uh, so it's not suspended. Uh, but that is a request I know from the, the governors of the United States to the president. Uh, so look for more information on that. Uh, you can still do that at where the, D, the DMV is still open. 
but that's still, look for more information on these. Things change very rapidly, and the information will always be updated on a daily basis, week daily basis, so that you have that accurate. Uh, I want to um, uh, talk about, or I've actually brought in some, some guests. We have been, from the beginning, as I mentioned before, we plan, we prepare, uh, and we constantly collaborate and work together. I mentioned on a number of these, uh, we work with, first of all, we take our guidance from the CDC, Minnesota Department of Health, uh, but we locally, uh, with our county health pro uh, providers, we work with in our emergency operation center, our, our EOC, uh, is staffed, and we collaborate and cooperate with our, our health care providers and, and our, the largest health care, one of the largest in the states, that we work with very closely. In fact, in a lot of those briefings that I've been to and our staff has been to, uh, center care is always there. Uh, it is so critical, as we've talked to many times, we need to flatten that curve. That's something that we all understand and know what that is, so that we don't create an undue uh, stress on the healthcare system that that is always, and now I actually, I, I, I quote, um, you know, I quote uh, Dr. Morrison here because he, Morris has said many times, have you ever been to an emergency room and people are just standing around? They're not on a regular basis, and in this case, they're even more. But I'm going to turn it over to, to Dr. Ken Holman, who is the CEO of Centricare, and Dr. George Morris, who is also, uh, who is the, who is the, and I had this written down, the physician incident commander, this physician incident commander uh, for COVID-19. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over with, uh, to Dr. Holman. Uh, Mayor, thank you kindly. Uh, one of the great things that you alluded to is the level of cooperation between our elected officials and our, and our government folks, and it's great to be in Minnesota during an epidemic like this. I'm going to make some high-level comments before I turn it over to, uh, to George. Uh, the Earth is a marvelous place. It's full of a lot of living critters. Some of them are quite large, elephants. Some are medium-sized. We're kind of medium-sized. And we got some small critters that live on this Earth. Most all of you have heard of bacteria. Uh, bacteria live on our skin, and they're very small, and you look at them with a microscope. In other words, all the critters are made up of cells. The human being has billions of cells. Obviously, an elephant has more cells. But we're talking now about microcellular organisms. So what's a virus? A virus is a very small organization, organism, much smaller than a bacteria, that does not live on its own. It must live inside of another cell. So a virus cannot live by itself. It lives inside another cell. And it causes disease because the cell that it lives in is attacked and destroyed. And we have a lot of viruses that run around the Earth and by the way, on you every day. The common cold is caused by a virus. Um, the flu virus, influenza A and B, is a virus. Ebola fever is a virus. Herpes is a virus. And we know about them because we can study them with special instruments. They cannot be seen with a microscope, but we have special tools that can look at them. In other words, these are parasites that live inside normal cells, and they attack these cells cells and cause disease. So the COVID-19 virus, the coronavirus, is called this because it is a virus, a very small. It's called corona because when you look at it under an electron microscope, it has a halo around it. And so corona is the Latin word for halo. So that describes the physical characteristics of this virus, the coronavirus. It originally started in bats in China. 
And in fact, animals are hosts for all sorts of viruses. Most viruses in animals do not make the jump from an animal to a human being. There are those that do. This particular virus went from a bat, probably to a snake that was present in the live animal market in Wuhan, China, where somebody bought the snake, prepared it for food, handled the skin, and therefore that virus leapt from the bat to the snake to the human. And of course, this was the first exposure of the human to the virus, which causes an epidemic. There is no treatment for a virus per se. There is no antibiotic. We require on the virus to burn itself out or to provide vaccines, the polio vaccine, flu vaccine, and many other types of vaccines we have for viruses. We do not have a vaccine for the coronavirus and that there's no current treatment. So when patients get ill from coronavirus, the vast majority of them will defeat it themselves through their own inflammatory system and their own immune system. There will be a subset of people who will get very sick. And of course, you have seen in Italy and France a good number that will die. The coronavirus attacks certain types of cells, primarily in the lung. And that's why the primary symptoms are respiratory related. And so that's the story of the coronavirus. Much more to come on that in the news, and there's a great deal of information available from reliable sources like the CDC, um, and it's well worth reading about if you had an interest. Enough about the coronavirus. This is a real issue, so how are we approaching it? Again, another great reason to live in the state. There's an enormous amount of collaboration between the major health providers in the state, the governor's office, and the major manufacturers of medical equipment in the state. We are talking regularly, daily, and making um, extraordinary plans to manage this. The premise of this treatment plan so far is simply this. Don't be in contact with each other. Let's try to limit the spread of the virus. Now we have seen the impact of that on our hospitals, commerce, restaurants, etc. But it's important to recognize that the primary modality that we have right now to avoid this disease is not to get it. And not to get it means don't expose yourself to the virus because a good number of people that carry the virus will be asymptomatic. I think with that, um, I would turn it over to uh, George. Uh, as the mayor mentioned, incident command approaches have been established within our country for some time. It's a very collaborative approach involving key areas as we address major challenges. It could be a, a bridge that went down, 35W. It could be the H1N1 flu and many other practical examples, tornadoes and fires. Here's the one difference between incident command with coronavirus and a natural disaster. There is a natural containment around a natural desire, uh, natural disaster. Fire might be a location, a tornado, a bridge. Those are defined events in which our incident command center works well. The challenge of the coronavirus is unprecedented because of its vast geography, the entire world, and the number of people that it is affecting. So the incident command approach is proven, it works, and we're going to follow it. George. Thank you very much, Mayor. Thank you very much, Dr. Holman. I appreciate your explanation of a virus and perhaps what it does uh, inside of us. I'll perhaps 
comment on a, a few things that I think each of us can uh, also learn from and then take forward as next steps. Uh, as we know with viruses, they transmit, uh, this one particularly, via cough and sneezing. It's a respiratory, as Dr. Holman was saying. So when we cough or sneeze or send things out primarily from our mouth or nose, that's how the virus moves from one person to another or from one person to their hand and then from their hand to the second person in line. So these are keys for our strategy to help decrease the spread is uh, are, are three, three main things. Number one, don't go out when you're ill. This is a time to stay home. Uh, uh, don't go to work, you know, call in, do your work from home, and try to avoid unnecessary trips out. We do understand social distancing. I think what's important on that is also understand what would be called more of a, a stay home, a quarantine, a self-care uh, in your own place. Uh, other aspects are cover your cough you know, or your sneeze. Use your elbow and wash your hands a lot. The way to help decrease it getting onto your hands is to uh, also wash them frequently. We also know, you know, as Dr. Holman was saying, it's not in our food supply. It's not in our water supply. So our water supply is very safe and very healthy. We've had good reassurance from our local uh, experts on that. Uh, we treat it, we filter it, and it does a great job. It is very safe. Also our food. Appropriately cooked food is very safe, and I know our food supply, our farmers, our grocery stores are doing everything they can to make sure we have safe and reliable uh, food. I do believe we should be washing, washing your hands before you eat, washing afterwards, perhaps wash your food a little bit more than you may otherwise use. Disinfect the appropriate surfaces wash your counters, wash you know, more door handles than you may have ever thought you needed to do, uh, keep things clean. I think those are some key things that we can do. One of the aspects that is also a question is uh, testing. Uh, currently, testing is done by a nasal swab, you know, and this is a way to get a sample of the respiratory tract for where the virus lives in a way that doesn't cause a lot of um, uh, pain or intrusion into the person. Once we obtain that specimen, then we can send it off for testing. The challenge is on these microscopic organisms, it's a complex test. It's not easy, not at every place can do it. Primarily, we use the state of Minnesota to do the testing, though additional labs such as Mayo are also doing it. One of the big challenges, there's a nationwide shortage of the materials we need to do the testing. So we are be being very cautious in who we test. We know that most people even if they obtain or get the coronavirus, the COVID-19, can recover at home. So as we're looking at testing, we're primarily looking at three groups of people. People that are really ill and in the hospital and are sick with respiratory symptoms, including a fever, cough, and some other concerns. Also our most at-risk people, elderly, chronic disease. So those that are living in a skilled nursing facility, long-term care, senior housing, or other congregate settings, large groups of people living together. And then our third group are healthcare workers that are sick. In this case, our healthcare workers are our front line. We really need to ensure that they're healthy and that we protect them and we look out for them to make sure that they're as healthy as we need to be for the long haul. This may turn into a long, drawn-out event, and we really want to make sure we're all here uh, to take care of each other. With that in mind is how we've been, we've been planning. You know, as the mayor said, we've been preparing, and now we're activating. We are uh, doing the plans that we have in place. Uh, we are uh, prepared to take care of the very sick people in the hospital. We're also prepared to take care of those that are not as sick in their homes. 
we have our 24-hour hotline. I have to look down here for the number, but we know if you are sick, the best advice is to stay home. If you have questions and you think, well, do I need to be seen? We will take a phone call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have a staff that includes nurses and providers available to talk with you about what your concerns are. So I'll say the number now, and then maybe we'll have it available also too, but that number is 320-200-3200. This is our customer contact line that's available 24 hours a day. Uh, we wanna help you get the right care in the right place. Much of that means don't come to the emergency room. And I know that may be hard for me to say and for us to hear, but if you have a mild illness, the emergency room or our high-level treatment centers are not the place to be. We, we want those places to be available to take care of the sickest people possible, and, and that that is the safest thing that we can advise right now, is we will care for you uh, in the right place at the right time. Uh, and what, what that means is about the social distancing. I think if we can keep ourselves healthy, we can keep ourselves a little bit spaced apart, if we can limit the times in public that we don't need, uh, we do want people to go for walks with their family. You know, these small gatherings, small groups are helpful. We have to look out for each other. This is a time to call. You know, if you know your neighbor doesn't have as much support, drop a meal off at their door. Uh, give them a call. Check in on them. Don't do it as a large group, but be sure to keep in touch. This is our time, I think, to shine as a community and really help each other out. Uh, we do have some additional sources of information that we know this is a brief discussion. Uh, I appreciate the time with the mayor and with Dr. Holman. We know some additional sources that we have are MDH, Minnesota Department of Health uh, website, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, cdc.gov, and then centricare.com is our own resource locally for what we feel is the best advice and the best steps that we can all take. Thank you. Thanks, George. So in closing, I'd like to remind us of a couple of things. First of all, this is real. It is not fake news. Keep informed. Read the right sources. There's a lot of um, fake news out there. Uh, the facts of the coronavirus are not fake. There is no cure. There is no magic bullet. There is no treatment. Our primary efforts are, number one, create a structure in place where everybody knows what's going on. We're doing that. Thanks, Mayor. Number two, practice social distancing. In other words, limit the spread of the disease. And third is if you are sick, come to the hospital and we're gonna help support you while you recover. At the end of the day, perhaps this might be an event that many of us have not experienced before. And I think that we have two choices. I know which way we're gonna go, but I'd like to caution us against not going down the first route. And that is to be cynical and worried and think dire thoughts. America has faced many challenges in the past. You know them. The history books are full of them. We lead by example. So as we face this unknown challenge, let's be calm, let's courageous, let's be, let's be informed, and let's help each other out. Again, thank you, Mayor, for the opportunity. And please let us know if you have any questions. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Holman, Dr. Morris. I appreciate you coming on and the information and the collaboration. Uh, I must say uh, to to all of your staff, uh, they have been uh, they have been tremendous, and uh, those are the folks we thank. Uh, it's the folks that are the medical, all of your all of your folks, the folks that are on the front line. But I also want to thank, you know, as a community, uh, people are 
are doing what's necessary. I want to thank, you know, from all aspects, our first responders. We've broadened the sense of what a first responder is, um, from the folks at the checkout line at the grocery store, from those folks that are dealing with the daycare, from those, from those truckers who are, are shipping the goods so that our food supply continues to stay, to the people working at the, you know, at the, at the water and the treatment plants, uh, folks doing the regular aspects of infrastructure and doing the things that they need to do. So I want to thank everybody uh, for doing that. Uh, as I will say, this will end this will end and we will be stronger, more prepared, and a, and a great community. There's a tremendous amount of that in our community. I want to, I want to follow up with just one piece that from the governor's uh, press conference uh, earlier, uh, just so people know locally. Uh, he mentioned that uh, the YMCAs, and I think he mentioned that 38 of the YMCAs in the state uh, will be uh, transitioning to, to daycare. I just want to make sure for folks that know locally here that will not be the St. Cloud Area YMCA. They're not part of that group. Uh, that doesn't mean that those discussions are not taking place. They are. I just talked to uh, the director uh, just uh, recently. Um, those are discussions, but that's not part of what the governor mentioned today. That's not taking place now. So. As always, all of the information, all the numbers and the, and the websites that were, were mentioned are on the city's website. In fact, they'll be on uh, right after we're off here on the screen. Uh, but you go to the city's website and you can link to the CDC, the Minnesota Department of Health, uh, CentraCare, to all of our partners and collaboration. Also, it's important, a lot of people out there, uh, this is not only a, a virus that has a medical effect, we know if we're doing the right things, the aspect of containment and mitigation has an economic effect. And so there are resources there also. Go to the website. Uh, we understand it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. There are a lot of folks that are in the financial situation uh, that they never thought or never expected to be. There are resources both from the federal and state level. And look for more of those and look for more updates as we go forward. Um, this is very Fluid, day-to-day -day things change. We will continue to do this on a weekly basis, Monday, 2 o'clock, Monday through Friday at 2 o'clock. We'll give this update. Uh, that may change, as it did today, uh, but there will be a daily opportunity for us to, to talk about what's happening in our community. So stay safe, stay healthy, uh, and until next week, um, again, the aspect, I can't say enough of what uh, Dr. Holman said, I mean, the, the aspect of, of your, the community piece. Still, you need to, you know, or Dr. Morris said, reach out. Reach out to folks and talk to by phone. Had a lot of those conversations. It's important uh, that we continue to still, the sun is up today, a little cool, but get out. Get out there. We're, we're going into spring, um, so make sure you still have that uh, that a positive aspect, uh, and uh, that's an important. You just might have to do it a little differently, uh, but that's still important. Uh, like I said, this will end, and we'll be stronger for it. So until until we meet again on Monday, uh, keep watching these updates. Uh, they change rapidly, but you will be informed, uh, at least uh, from our aspect and all of our partners. Thank you.